This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, starting July 1st, Canada's anti-spam legislation is getting a little bit of an overhaul. There was a lot of worry from business owners about the new rules coming into place. But as we hear now from Tony Wilson, who is an intellectual property lawyer at Boughton Law, things aren't going to change quite as much as they thought they, as we thought they would. I chatted with Tony while I was sitting in on the Simi Sarah show and started by asking him just to give us a bit of the background of the anti-spam legislation. Well, it originally came into force on July 1, 2014. It basically said anything that is a commercial electronic message, which could be an email or it could be um, uh, a variety of electronic messages for a commercial purpose, is covered by the Act. And there are requirements, uh, such as the recipient's consent to receiving the message. So at the time, there are implied consent. There must be a, a, a way for the recipient to unsubscribe from the mailing list, and there should be information on who the sender is uh, to contact the sender directly. And that's been an operation since uh, July 1 of 2014. Now, the big thing that was supposed to happen on July 1, 2017, and the most important thing, which I wrote about yesterday in The Globe, uh, it was published about 6 a.m. in The Globe, and about 6 p.m. Eastern Time, the federal government decided to rescind the, uh, the provision that I had written about, which was what we called the private right of action. And if I could explain, on January, sorry, July 1 of 2017, individuals would now be able to sue uh, senders of emails and other commercial electronic messages if, for example, their express consent had not been received. And I can tell you, a lot of class action lawyers were chomping at the bit to be able to represent these uh, these individuals in class action lawsuits. And that, uh, surprisingly, was suspended yesterday. Uh, and is that the the main the main point of it that was so contentious? Because I was reading uh, your piece as well as other other articles about this, saying this is like this is bad news for some businesses. Well, I think the, uh, you know, my my personal view is that many businesses have adapted to this, and they have required they have rather obtained the consent of the recipients to keep receiving their e letter and all that sort of other stuff. Um, I, I think that the the big scary monster was going to be the private right of action because if somebody slips up and uh, an e-letter goes out to 10,000 people and there's no consent um, uh, of this uh, people on the uh, on, uh, on your mailing list, um, that would not only open you up to an administrative fine or penalty from the CRTC, which regulates uh, the law, but it would just it would allow individuals or individuals collectively through class action lawsuits to uh, sue you as well. And I think that was the the real problem that, you know, I'm going to say a lot of people weren't really um, knowledgeable about this. Uh, I think, you know, I was aware about it three or four years, three years ago, but, um, you know, this was coming into effect, you know, effectively in about 30 days. And a lot of people in business, a lot of my clients were unaware of this private right of action. So for the government now to have suspended the private right of action provision, it strikes me that there's been a lot of lobbying going on with uh, advertising and marketing companies that have lobbied the government to say, hey, you know, there's going to be a real problem. So suspend it. They're going to have a review of the anti-spam law um, as part of this, and uh, and uh, we'll have to see what happens. But I think this is good news for businesses right now uh, because they won't have to deal with this private, private right of action, uh, which could have been a real mess. So with that part of the law or that change now being rescinded, will anything change on July 1st? 
Um, I believe that you're still going to have the express, have to have the express consent of people who were on your mailing list. For example, there was a technical formula to uh, for individuals to get implied consent if there's a prior business relationship and they were going back and forth by email. Um, that will expire effectively July one. And people should have the express consent of people on their mailing list. Yeah, basically, there was a, a three-year window, transition window, for people to stop relying on implied consent for electronic messages and, um, and, and, and convert those to express consent. And quite frankly, you've been probably seeing on your own personal email, please subscribe to you keep receiving you know, whatever mailing list you're on because people were trying to make sure that their implied consent was now replaced by express consent. It's a bit of a, a, a dog's breakfast, but I think many businesses have, have been aware of the anti-spam legislation and have been striving to um, convert implied consent into express consent by that little button on the email that says, do I want to keep subscribing? Uh, who, who specifically is the legislation meant to protect? I think uh, it's meant to protect uh, individuals who uh, were often the recipients of uh, scam, uh, scammers and spammers, we'll say. Um, I, I, I mean, nobody likes spam. Do you like spam? No. I spam. <laughs> of um, course. The, the interesting thing here, though, is that, you know, where is most of the spam coming from? It's not coming from Canada. It's coming from China and Russia and Vietnam and other places. And I don't know how you enforce um, uh, 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 you know, spammers in those uh, in those countries. So it, it it has an effect of adversely affecting businesses that make honest mistakes, and uh, businesses in Canada that make honest mistakes. The penalty has been severe, by the way. I think Kellogg's was assessed a penalty of something like sixty thousand dollars. There's a company in Quebec that was assessed, I think, one point one million. Um, so the CRTC is able to levy some pretty hefty penalties for violation of the law. Um, it's just that opening that up to private rights of action by uh, people aggrieved that would be in, uh, in class action lawsuits, I think that a lot of businesses were terrified about that, and rightly so. So what does someone do now? Like you said, nobody likes spam, and there are different levels of it. Uh, I get emails constantly from PR firms and people pitching stories. I don't know if I've given them my consent, but I'm not going to take it up and, and think that they're doing anything malicious. It's the other ones. It's the emails that are scams. It's the emails that are clearly about various medical uh, inventions and such that just <laughs> fill your inbox. So what does someone do if you're still getting those email? There's a website that um, uh, I think it's called Anti-Spam Canada. I can't remember exactly, but if one Googles it, there's a website that you can make complaints. And I think my the last time I spoke to someone involved in, in this directly, uh, Government of Canada had just under a million complaints um, on this website with respect to spam that individuals had been receiving. Um it, 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 does that do anything? Well, I mean, it, it, Kellogg's offended the the act, and there was a uh, a fine against Kellogg's. The uh, I think Rogers actually uh, uh, breached the act as well and had a penalty of I can't remember if it was forty thousand dollars or not. So companies are breaching the act, and there there is redress in the uh, in the event that, that that corporations breach the the statute. Again, it's not going to capture the ones from Russia or the ones from China. It's just I, I don't know how you can enforce that. I think the idea is we've got a balancing act going on here. You don't like spam. I don't like spam. Um, there are some things that I want to um, receive. I mean, I might want to go on a cruise and 
get brochures from Windstar or Oceana on my... Well, I subscribe to that, and I'm happy to subscribe to that. I just don't want the stuff I don't want. Right. Uh, so do consumers need to do something in that, or do we wait for companies to reach out to us and ask if they have our consent, or do consumers have to do something proactive to make sure they are getting mail from places that they do want to get it? Uh, I think the, 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 the easiest thing to do for consumers is if you don't like what you're getting, there is an unsubscribe option on your uh, on every message that you should be receiving, and then you hit unsubscribe. If they're not going to unsubscribe you, then you can lodge a complaint to that effect with the uh, the CRTC on the website that I mentioned before. But that's the key, is that every electronic message has to have a methodology to unsubscribe. You'll see that in the messages that you get at the, at the bottom. It'll say unsubscribe. Yes, in fact, just yesterday I had one that didn't have that button, and I didn't know what to do because I wanted They're this company to stop, to stop doing this. I don't want these email from you anymore. You've got to have an unsubscribe button. Uh, functioning unsubscribe button with these messages and it's got to actually identify and correctly identify the sender so that at the very least you can email them or call them and say stop doing this but you know i'll ask you was that was that did that originate in canada or did it come from uh, it came, uh, came from the united states uh, yeah a lot of americans wouldn't know about our anti-spam legislation so Right, and I but wrote to them be, and said, I, "Well, I wrote to them and said, please stop sending me these email. And, they, and if they stop, I'll leave it at that. But maybe if they continue, I'll have to go the route of the website." <laughs> also, you might want to say in situations like that, uh, Canada's anti-spam laws create uh, penalties in the millions of dollars for offenders. Do you want to keep sending me these emails? And that'll get their legal department involved. <laughs> then you'll know if it's a robot sending you the email. Yeah, you got to worry about that too. Good news for consumers that July 1 isn't the bad day it was going to be. There you have it. Changes to the anti-spam legislation. That was Tony Wilson. He is an intellectual property lawyer at Boughton Law. We will take a break for the news headlines to the bottom of the hour. When we come back, Maureen McGrath will be here as she is every Sunday morning talking about things such as why it's so important to listen in a relationship and talks you may think that you're having the most important talk with your children, but you might be leaving a key part out of the conversation. So Maureen is going to talk about that. We'll also check in with Rick Forcheck, find out what's opened in theaters, as well as what's happening on the various streaming services. And a bit later on in the program, we are going to talk about the testimony in the United States, the response from U.S. President Donald Trump, and look at where things go from here. A lot of talk about testifying under oath. Is that actually going to happen? And if so, when might we see that happen? So stick with us. There is much, much more coming up right here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.